Donald Trump says he's running for president and the liberals go crazy. On Twitter, of course, President Obama and President Bush both are hosting conferences about misinformation. Your chances of being murdered here in the United States are probably higher than you think and much, much more. All on today's edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 213 of the Random Thoughts podcast, spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and the political world, of course, is in an uproar. Orange man bad, Donald Trump announcing to really nobody's surprise that he is running for president in 2024. Now, the usual liberals went all crazy about this, and they're still doing it on Twitter, which is kind of funny, because I thought Elon taking over Twitter meant Twitter was bad. They were all going to leave Twitter, but no, it seems that it's still the most popular place for the liberals to go when anything happens, because this is where they still have the most people listening to them, and I don't think we can let that go. I don't think you can ignore that which is something interesting, as I've already pointed out about Twitter, moving forward to the next election cycle. Things may be a little bit different because of the fact that people get their news in weird ways now. Rarely do people pay attention to mainstream media. Rarely do people tune in every night to their local news. Rarely do they tune in to one of the international broadcasts they're not really paying that much attention to fox news and msnbc and cnn they're going to social media for a majority of what people know about the world as sad as that is it comes from social media so i do think it is possible that the next election cycle might be a little bit different because of the musk influence We're also seeing companies like Meta, which is Facebook, laying off a bunch of people because they're not doing very well at this point. Thanks to, you know, the great economy that Joey Biden brought to the table. So that will be interesting. But this is where the celebrity sort goes in order to get their little feelings out there. Jeffrey Wright, who is, who's he, a Batman star? It says, I don't know. I've not seen the Batman. Jeffrey Wright says, this clown Trump actually believes the nonsense dookieing out of his mouth. Yeah, and I bet you you believe the dookieing coming out of your mouth. And Joe Biden believes the dookieing coming out of his mouth. And Nancy Pelosi believes the dookieing coming out of their mouth. That's the problem. That's the problem is that most of these folks believe the things they say. And the reality of the things they say, it doesn't really matter. The reality, the proof, now you don't need that. It's all about emotions. We've talked to you about that many times on this particular show. Once you get somebody emotionally, you've got them. 
You don't need facts. You don't need figures. You need to get somebody's emotions riled up. And that is what we've been seeing over the last decade, if not more, in the political game. It's all about getting people riled up, which is the only way abortion was that big of a deal. Because, again, a vast majority of the people who are upset about the Roe versus Wade decision out of the Supreme Court live in a state where abortion is still completely and utterly legal, and damn it, they're even going to encourage you to do it. But that doesn't matter to these folks. It's all about emotion. They know if they can get you with the emotions, they can get you to go out and be a good little useless idiot promoting what they want you to promote. Rosie O'Donnell, I can't believe Rosie's still around says no human respects you and she couldn't even take the time to capitalize no she couldn't even take the time to type out the word you she used just the letter you like you are a loser rosie come on you can't even spell you can't even spell and you're absolutely 100 wrong there seems to be many many humans millions of them in fact who respect Donald Trump just because you don't doesn't mean the rest of the world has to go into lockstep. I know that's the way the liberals want it, that everybody has to believe the same thing. Everybody has to go into lockstep. If they say Trump's a loser, then everybody better say Trump's a loser, but that's not how the world works. You moron Rosie. There were millions of people that voted for Donald Trump. The reality was he got more votes than any sitting president did in a re-election bid, it's just somehow more votes showed up for the vegetable Joey Biden. There's a lot of theories about how that happened. Maybe it was legit. Maybe it wasn't. But the concept, Rosie, to say nobody respects Donald Trump, it just shows what a moron you are and just shows again that you are not looking to have any kind of interaction with the other side as Jeffrey Wright of the Batman. Same thing. These folks do not want to interact with you if you like Donald Trump. They're going to tell you that you're a loser, too. They don't want to hear what you have to say. They don't value you at all because you're a loser if you even dare to say you like Donald Trump. Daryl Hannah, wife of uh, Neil Young, has a little angry emoji I love when like the 60, 70 year old folks use emojis to get their points across. It's so very weird, but a a nice little angry emoji, make it stop. And again, this is all lowercase too. Does nobody know how to use uppercase? Does nobody know how to construct a sentence anymore? No, because they're idiots. Bringing back PTSD, daily drama, nightmares, constant BS. And then a green face emoji, an angry emoji, or maybe it's a throwing up emoji, and then some other little money emoji with the hashtag indict the mother effer. Wow, Daryl Hannah dropping the F-bomb, such a scary thing. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, bringing back PTSD daily drama. Because, you know, there's no drama going on now, Ms. Hannah, no. Or is it Ms. Young? There's no drama at all. No, nobody's getting bombed. There's no threat of nuclear war. Inflation's not sky high. People can't not afford their uh, Thanksgiving dinner. No, there's no drama going on. 
you twit. Alyssa Milano, oh, of course. You know, her post, actually, I will give her some credit. Her post is two sentences. They are punctuated correctly, and she uses capitalization. So I will applaud Alyssa Milano and was not over the top with the tweet. Her tweet said, Donald Trump failed America. We will defeat him again. That's fine. That's good. That's actually a rational, reasonable response to Donald Trump saying he's going to run for president if you're on the other side. That he failed America the first time around. That's your opinion. We will defeat him again. That's your opinion. No crazy threats. No name calling. So this is a rarity. Going to give Alyssa Milano some credit here. Now, there was some media that was attached to that that it says was a potentially sensitive content. Do I dare? Do I dare want to view that? I don't know. I guess. That's just a video of Donald Trump. Wait, so this is the sensitive content? It's just a video of Donald Trump? Yeah. It's a video of Donald Trump saying nobody has ever done what we've done. Yeah, so it's just a boring little video. I guess anything with Donald Trump is dangerous to to the folks on the left. They get scared. If you even show Donald Trump, I don't know why, but it is what they do. After Alyssa Milano, we have here Mia Farrow. I mean, again, somebody that is totally non-relevant at this point, saying, quote, he tried to overthrow the government, but at least, you know, capitalized, made a proper sentence. There's a period at the end, but no, Ms. Farrow. He never tried. Oh, she has the little Ukrainian flag, too, in her name. That's cute. He tried to overthrow the government. No, he ran the government. It was Hillary Clinton that tried to overthrow the government with the false Russian dossier, you know, that Barack Obama knew about, but we'll get into that. This concept that Trump tried to overthrow the government is just laughable, but these people believe it. They absolutely believe it. Meathead, the one, the only Rob Reiner, my goodness. If there was ever a dumber person that comments on politics, I can't think of them. If you want to uh, suggest somebody that maybe is worse than Rob Reiner, let me know. But I can't think of any. He says there's no other way to put this. Donald Trump is a complete and utter fool. I think there's a lot of way, a lot of ways to put somebody is a complete and utter fool. Uh, I think there are a lot of words. You could be like Donald Trump's an imbecile. You could be like Donald Trump is, I mean, I don't know. I think you can go down the line. So I think there's a lot of ways to put that. He says, not to mention a career criminal, and he capitalizes career criminal. Is that like an actual job title of the people on the left? Oh, yes, it is, because that's what they want the people to be, because they don't want to put them in jail. That's what all the liberal DAs want. So you should love a career criminal, you moron meathead. He says, time to indict and put the last nail into his corrupt coffin, with corrupt coffin also being capitalized. I think Rob Reiner maybe had a stroke at some point, or maybe he was having a stroke during this particular Twitter posting. I don't know. I don't know. But a career criminal, right? Because, you know, the Bidens, they're perfectly, perfectly clean. Nothing to see there. Nothing at all. Don't look at the Hunter Biden uh, laptop, meathead. You might blow your little brain out. Bet Midler says, excuse me, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> well, then do it somewhere else. But this is all on Twitter. 
All of them on Twitter. Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, says breaking news with the little flashing siren emoji. 45 announces failed future failed run for the presidency. Ooh, I could see why you're an actor and not a writer, Mr. Hamill. I can because that's not very interesting. That's not even thought provoking. You got nothing to say, which most of these people do not. But that is the state of the world when liberals come out after Donald Trump says he's running. The people on the right are having interesting reactions to this as well. And the way I look at it is Donald Trump has the right to run for president if he wants to. There is a primary process. The question is, what is the current state of the Republican Party? And are they in the mood to just hand this over to Donald Trump? I doubt it. So I think there will be a primary, which the Republicans don't do primaries very well. I mean, let's remember, that's how Donald Trump got in in the first place. He was one of like 50,000 people that came out to start the whole process. Like, I'm running for president. And everybody just kind of laughed it off until, you know, he won. But the Republican Party at this point has one other name to throw out there, it seems. If there's more, I don't know who else it could be beyond the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. If you think somebody else out there is ready to take on Donald Trump in a Republican primary, let me know. But DeSantis seems to be the guy. And the question then becomes, does this go into a full-on battle between Donald Trump and DeSantis? It may. I mean, Trump's ready for anything. I don't know what DeSantis is looking for at this point in his career. He just got reelected with the only red wave in town to be the governor of Florida. Obviously, it would be a nice step up to move into Washington, D.C., but Ron DeSantis has time. He certainly has time to push the presidential run off a little bit, but if you're going to put him out there in the primary, the question is, does it do more harm or does it actually help the Republican Party? If they have a down and dirty primary. This was the interesting thing with the Democrats the last time around because Kamala Harris said some really bad things about Joe Biden. But you know, he's a jerk. He was a racist. But no, that's all okay. Once he got in and got the nomination, it was like, hey, let me pick a vice president. Yeah, you pick the person that really cut you down during the primaries. So a lot of people want to know if DeSantis and Trump could coexist on a ticket. I think it is possible, but I don't know if DeSantis would want to tie his star, and that's what he would be doing, to Donald Trump. I don't think he needs to do it at this point. It would be interesting to have the all-out war battle between those two guys and then Somebody else just slips right on it. Remember, that's how we got Barack Obama in the 2008 election. It was in the primaries that everybody thought it was Hillary's year. But then John Edwards had his issues, but they still split that vote to where Barack Obama 
ended up kind of sneaking into the presidential slot on the Democrat ballot, which caused the news media to have to really try to play catch up if they were trying at all. But that's when all the stuff came out about the pastor, Jeremiah Wright, and Obama's ties to Bill Ayers and others from the Weather Underground and a much more radical past than anybody really had any concept of. But of course, it was racist to then look into it because you can't you can't investigate a guy that is even partially black. And this is what we had. And he just kind of snuck right on in and got the nomination and ended up winning the presidency. So there is a a valid political theory about having a drop down, drag out, just all in out war between a couple of candidates and then somebody else sneaks in. But I don't know. I don't hate Donald Trump, but I understand he comes with baggage. But I also understand any Republican will. I think people are being short-sighted if they believe that, hey, you know what, if we we like Trump, and if we just get rid of Donald Trump and get DeSantis in there, then we might win over a lot more votes. I don't necessarily believe that's the case because I remember the past, and we don't like to teach that to the kids in school now because history is very, very triggering. But if you go back and you look at what, the people on the left did to George Bush the younger, whether you like him or not, you can see the same kind of treatment that Donald Trump got. It wasn't as severe, but it was there. There was hatred for George Bush. There was a lot of talk. You know, he's was funny because he went from kind of like Trump in the early stages. Ah, well, he's just a moron. No way he could ever win. And then he wins and he gets in there and he's still a moron for a little while. And then somehow by the end of the presidency, he's an evil genius. I'm not really sure how that goes, but it seems to be the Democrat playbook when they're trying to defeat somebody. First, they try to belittle them, say they're stupid. And then all of a sudden, they're actually the evil genius that must be stopped because you can't then keep playing them as morons because they've beaten you over and over and over again. So if the moron beat you guys, over and over and over again. What does that say about your party? I think we all can figure that one out. But it's very hard to call what is going to happen at this point. A lot will depend on what Ron DeSantis decides. I think if he goes out there and primaries against Donald Trump, then it is a race. It's not a blowout. I think you have a legitimate race between those two guys. And the reason in that case that Trump would lose would be because of everything the media and the people on the left, all those idiots we just told you about their tweets. That's why Donald Trump would lose, because the people on the right are afraid of the baggage that he brings in, because there's no question he brings baggage. I just want to point out that any Republican candidate that baggage is going to be thrown on him pretty quick. It may not be as heavy of a baggage load, but it's going to be baggage nonetheless. DeSantis is going to get hit. Doesn't matter. That is what the left does. So you can watch for that. The interesting thing, of course, when it comes to the social medias and the Twitters, is what is going to be allowed as far as speech 
moving forward in this country. I know we have free speech allegedly in the United States of America that does not pass along to social media. It's been covered well by a lot of people, including this show, that people have had comments removed. People have been banned. People have been shadow banned. A lot of them on the conservative side, a lot of it to do with elections and COVID and all this that, you know, the things that have been proven to be true in the long run, we're going to see where Elon stands on this because Elon is going to make a difference. Whether you like him or not, Elon's going to make a difference in the 2024 election because as much as these people on the left say they're going to leave Twitter, you saw where they went. Donald Trump just announced this yesterday. You see where they went to get their points out there. They went to Twitter. So, Elon, if you're listening, you have way more control of the political sphere at this point, I believe, than any other single person does. And if both sides are allowed to get their points out on the the tweeters, then I do believe the Republicans have more of a chance in 2024 than they did in 2022. Now, two conferences coming up, like a day apart, which allegedly have nothing to do with each other. One held by the George Bush folks, one held by the Barack Obama folks. Again, have nothing to do with with each other. They say they did not coordinate any of this. One is in New York, and I think one's in Texas that they're each having their own conferences on disinformation. (laughs) I know these ex-presidents all of a sudden worried about misinformation. I mean, Barack Obama, again, the proof is there, it appears, that he knew that the Steele dossier, the Russian collusion crap that was pushed against Donald Trump for year after year after year, how many impeachments do we have to go through? that he knew it was completely false right up front. But, you know, misinformation is bad, right, Mr. Obama? George W. Bush, we all remember, they still go on and on and on about how he went into Iraq on the threat of weapons of mass destruction. Well, that turned out not to be true, so that's misinformation too, isn't that, Mr. Bush? So you two guys are not the people that I want deciding what is true and factual information and what is not. And I think people need to understand the reason why the founding fathers of this country knew that the freedom of speech was so important was that because if you could figure out how to silence one side, that's how the big lies get pushed. And that's what we have seen over the past years with social media. Bush and Obama going out against misinformation. It is hilarious it really is hilarious and they should be out there instead talking about the importance of the freedom of speech the fact that they're like well misinformation is a real problem and we need to do something about it well the only way to do something about misinformation or disinformation or whatever they want to call that is to actually restrict your ability to say these things because they're not even coming out and saying well you know, it's okay, but we should go after and do something against the people that say things that turn out not to be true. It's like, well, what if they think that's true? 
then can that be against the law? No, this is why the concept of free speech has to be absolute. And what happens at that point is if one doctor comes out and says, hey, I think COVID XYZ, another doctor can come out and go, no, 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 you're full of it. I think COVID ZYX. And this is how the system works. And the ability to silence any one group is a bad thing. It does not lead to anything good. Again, it leads to this lockstep mentality of the Rosie O'Donnell's like, nobody respects you, Donald Trump. I guess Rosie's just too dumb to remember the tens of millions of people that actually voted for Donald Trump. Brittany Griner is still in Russia. Is that amazing to anybody? No. Pretty sure we called that here. If Donald Trump was president, Brittany Griner would have been out of Russia. Well, no, I don't think she's even arrested in Russia. She may have gotten a slap on the wrist. They may have turned her back and sent her home. But if Donald Trump was president, I don't think this happens at all. But Joe Biden being the weakest president the United States has had in a long, long time, Russia is enforcing their laws. And yes, they keep putting in the news that Brittany Griner is being wrongfully detained. Well, is that misinformation? I think it is. When NPR and the liberal outlets all say that Brittany Griner is being wrongfully detained, well, that, Mr. Bush, Mr. Obama, that would be misinformation. Because according to the law of the land in Russia, you bring in drugs, then you're going to do some time. And that is exactly what happened here. Just because Brittany Griner is an American citizen, she is not exempt from the laws of other countries. So saying she's wrongfully detained is absolutely misinformation. That is absolutely a lie. You can come out and say, well, we here in America don't believe that's right. But she broke a law in a foreign country and is now going to do, what, nine years in a work camp, which is not going to be pleasant. Everybody thought, oh, this is no big deal because Joey's going to get her out. We're going to make a prisoner swap. That's not happening really quickly. And now that she's been moved to a work camp, I bet you Brittany Griner, does she regret regretting her vote perhaps for Joey? I'm sure she voted for Joey. Maybe. If Donald Trump was in there, this would have probably never happened to her. I know that's a guess. So, I mean, you can, I guess, label that as misinformation, but I don't believe it happens if Donald Trump is the president. But it'll be interesting to see what goes on there. But again, Joey, not a strong leader. Now, there's a group called Just Facts, which I know this seems like if I was going to start up a misinformation group, I would probably call myself Just Facts because it's like, wow, that's so on the nose. But they looked at violence in the United States. They did a study, which I thought was fairly interesting. This was reported on Breitbart. Now, the explanation given by this group, again, this is the Just Facts group. They say, quote, based on a misunderstanding of new FBI data, News Nation is reporting that 14,677 murders occurred in the United States during 2021, a supposedly large decline from 2020, which 
goes on. We've talked to you here about the crime rates in the cities in the United States over the last couple of years. So it doesn't seem right that murder numbers are going down. This continues quoting again. In reality, that figure is far from complete and comprehensive records from death certificates show that about 24,493 people were murdered in the United States in 2021. They say murders have become so common in the past two years that if the murder rate remains at the 2021 level, one out of every 179 people in the United States will eventually be murdered. That is the number that you got to let sink in. One out of 179 people. Well, we know that one out of 100 people is 1%. So this is like, what, 0.6% of everybody that you know is going to be murdered if this current trend continues. But no, the Democrats are telling us crime is not an issue. People voted. Hokelback in New York. It's amazing. They voted Pritzker back in in Illinois. They voted Newsom back in in California. Everybody that did that voted for more murdering, mainly of uh, black people. So maybe they're all racist. I don't know. Because that is the makeup of most victims of murders in these areas. But nobody seems to care. Nobody seems to care at all. But one in 179 people at this rate, every, that's amazing. The amount of murders going on in their lifetime. Joe Biden tells you everything's fine. AOC was just quoted as saying, no, that's all wrong. Crime's not really getting worse in New York. It's getting better. The lies they're telling, people are believing it. The FBI, perhaps complicit in shaving those numbers down. It's not a surprise to anybody that the FBI is corrupt. We know that they have been involved in the Russiagate. There is now breaking news that they had multiple informants in the January 6th crowd who were parts of the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers. But that story is brand new. This is just coming out, getting into, what, about a year since January 6th, obviously. We're in November now. So the FBI had informants in those crowds. And I remember right when this happened, there was a big conspiracy theory like, well, here's a guy, was his name Roy Epps, that, oh, this here's a guy that was an FBI. He was on, he showed up on the photographs and he was originally on the FBI site and then it was taken down really quick. Like, well, no, 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 we're not looking for this guy anymore. And it turned out he was an FBI informant and there were reports, of course, conspiracy theories because, you know, misinformation, got to shut those people up. There were reports that he was one of them that was inciting the people to go into the Capitol. And if that's the case, if you have an FBI informant that was out there encouraging people to do this, people are sheep. If there was the organizers of this, the people who started and said, hey, follow me. If these were FBI informants, that's uh, pretty damning evidence. The fact that they were even there is pretty damning evidence to me. But this is going to call for some big time investigating the new House. They've got some work to do. The Republican House has some work to do. I would not waste my time at this point 
really with the Biden crime family because the Biden crime family is going to be gone. And maybe you get them and that would be fun. That would be personal. The FBI needs to be looked at from top to bottom because if they're involved with the January 6th incident at the Capitol, we know they were involved in the Russian collusion story. Then the FBI needs to be metaphorically burned to the ground and the whole thing restructured. Everybody that is working for them needs to be looked at to find out who is actually doing their job and trying to do what is right for the country and which of them are nothing more than political stooges who are in there pushing a narrative, whether it's against Donald Trump or for one political party. This needs to be figured out because this is really dangerous stuff. This is really damning stuff. Looking at the numbers, though, with the murder rates in America, that's got to make you feel good if you voted for the Democrats, doesn't it? One in 179 Americans will be murdered in their lifetime because of the Democratic leadership in places like New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, Baltimore, St. Louis. I hope you're really happy that you voted for more murders. I want you to give yourself a pat on the back. If you voted Democrat, especially in one of those cities or states, I want you to pat yourself on the back and I want you to feel really good about voting for more people to die because you were too stupid to understand the reality of the world around you. Now, I know I've mentioned before and gone off my own little crusade because I think TikTok sucks. But now even the Biden administration, the FBI, I know we just talked about the FBI. So this is questionable at best. But FBI Director Christopher Wray now says he is, quote, extremely concerned, end quote, about the China-owned TikTok. He warned lawmakers on Tuesday of this week that allowing this app to continue operating in the United States could be a national security threat. Now, let's remember, Donald Trump also said this. Donald Trump said this, but when Biden came in, this was part of the, ah, if Trump said it, it's gotta be, it's gotta be wrong. That's how Joey sounds, right? Then that was all dropped. But now this is back on the burner, it looks like, which is interesting. Christopher Ray is saying, quote, under Chinese law, Chinese companies are required to essentially, and I'm going to shorthand here, basically do whatever the Chinese government wants them to do in terms of sharing information or serving as a tool of the Chinese government, end quote. Again, that was FBI Director Christopher Wray speaking to Congress on Tuesday of this week. and. I know when I broke this one down originally, and I hope you've been listening all along and have heard this before. If you have, I apologize. But the problem with apps is that they are not just self-contained. So if you have TikTok on your phone, it's very possible that it's reporting back other things from your phone that you are unaware of to the people that own the app. Most of the time, people are looking to get information in order to throw ads at you. And some people just don't care and think, ah, that's not nefarious. So they're going to send me an ad. Big deal. Now, the Chinese government having this information, you can go in a completely 
different route. As I have pointed out, you never know who they're looking for information on. They may be able to get your contacts. They may be able to look at your GPS location. And I pointed out since minute one in the espionage game, you know, you have some woman that's got a TikTok and all of a sudden her TikTok location is showing the same as enter politician's name here and then wait for the blackmail to show up. Now that married politician meeting with the same woman over and over again. Well, now the Chinese government could have that information. That is not a stretch. That is actually the very low end of what these kind of apps can do when it comes to a spying capability. And I don't think most people realize or understand it, but it can compromise people very quickly. How did the Joey Biden crime family become so beholden to countries like China? Well, that's a good question. Who knows? Maybe they all use TikTok. It's a possibility. And you have to understand that every time you put something on your phone, it is a security risk when it is an app that is proudly owned by the Chinese government. Yeah, you may think you have nothing to hide, but remember, if they target you, then anything on your phone from your contacts to where you go on a day-to-day basis could be available to the Chinese government. Maybe you don't care. A lot of people may not. But you should. That's one of the main reasons I jumped off the Gary Vaynerchuk, who is a big marketing guy who has been pimping the TikTok thing for a long time now. He still hasn't figured it out. He still, TikTok is great. No, no, Gary, it is not. TikTok is certainly not great. If your company really needs TikTok in order to survive, I can't even say that properly. If your company needs TikTok in order to survive, then maybe your company should not exist. But I digress. If you think I'm wrong, let me know. Do you use TikTok? Do you love TikTok? Do you want the Chinese government knowing where you are at all times? Then be sure to let me know. One last thing on this episode, because I was curious about this, with the energy prices skyrocketing and winter starting here in Chicago, it's actually been snowing now for a couple of days, nothing sticking, but the little white flakes are flying around. So winter is officially here, I guess. And the heating bills are about to go way up. So I did a little bit of research and I wanted to know what the costs were as we're now moving out of the summer where I like to run the air conditioning and we're running into the winter where it's like, "Ah, I'm fine if it's a little bit colder. But I wanted to know what the current costs were. So I looked up. And the current electric rate here where we are just outside of Chirac in Illinois, a little over 12 cents a kilowatt hour, which for a lot of the country, it's like, well, that's cheap. And I believe it is. But we started this show a couple of years ago. Well, maybe three years ago, four years. Let's get time flies when you're having fun. There's no question about it. And the electricity rate then was like seven and a half cents. And I think this is a pretty recent jump up. So that is almost doubling the cost of electricity a little bit less. But when it comes to the cost for natural gas, which is what our furnace runs on here, that has doubled from last October to this October. We went from like 60 some odd cents per therm 
to dollar twenty four. And I looked it up, and it's like our furnace, it's a high-efficiency one. Most high-efficiency furnaces, from what I can tell, use about 100,000 therms per, you know, when they're running. So if that furnace is running for an hour, it's going to cost about $1.24. So you start multiplying that when it gets colder and colder, how often your uh, your furnace is running. Your thermos, I mean, keep your thermos filled, too. Some hot tomato soup, be delicious, keep you warm. You may need to do that because your furnace is going to cost you about a buck 24, depending on what your rate is. You can look that up. Just go on your energy bills and you can find out this information. But I looked up the little device that we have. My wife just bought a little Chinese space heater for work. And the thing uses like 1500 watts of electricity and throws out a bunch of heat. It's kind of like mining for Bitcoin. So if you want to mine for Bitcoin in the winter, Great time to do it because your computer just runs, generates a lot of heat. But it's the same for this little Dyson thing we have that is a, both a fan and a heater. It puts uh, about 1,500 watts, and then it throws some heat out. So I was wondering, like, what's a better deal? How much, as opposed to letting the furnace run per hour on the natural gas, as opposed to the electricity running for an hour? So if you're just trying to warm up one room, You can use a space heater rather than running the furnace. And in this case, you can run a little space heater here in the Chiraki area for about 18 cents an hour. Again, the furnace is like a buck 24. So even if you have two space heaters in a big room or two space heaters in two different rooms, you can still run, well, let's see, at 20 cents an hour, that's like six space heaters you could run at full blast for the same cost of running your furnace for an hour. So it appears that that may be the cheaper route to go this winter. Again, you have to look up the rates on your own gas and electricity from your suppliers, but know what the difference is and how much you're saving by moving to one rather than the other because things are going way up. So if you were somebody last year, if you got your gas bill for heating your home last November or December, and that was 250 bucks, expect that to be about 500 bucks this year. Thanks to, you know, Joey and the inflation and the overall war that he has gone into with the energy companies. Not a good thing, but everybody, I sure hope you're glad if you voted for that D, if you voted for the Democrats, I hope you're enjoying your higher energy prices. I hope you're enjoying really paying more when you're filling up your car, going out to buy groceries. It is absolute insanity, but I wanted to do this. So I hope you find that useful. The difference between the electric and the natural gas heating at this point. You may be able to save yourself some money, especially if you're like us. My wife and I are in the same room watching TV. You don't have to heat the whole house to heat the one room, and you can save yourself a buck an hour. Really ends up adding up pretty quickly. Now, this show, the Random Thoughts Podcast, is a value for value proposition, which means I put the shows out there. They're not behind a paywall. You get to listen to them and decide for yourself. If you've gotten any value out of this, hey, maybe that tip right there on what it will cost you to run your furnace as opposed to what it would cost to run a little space heater. 
maybe that gave you some value and you're like, hey, I want to give some of that savings back to the show. It's exactly how this works. You can go to random thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B-T-H-O-U-G-H-T-S dot com slash donate. Click that donate button to do a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. You can use the QR codes or wallet addresses if you want to do the crypto thing. You can use the P.O. Box address if you want to go the snail mail route, which we always highly recommend. Most of you have bank accounts with somebody that will allow you to do online bill pay. They will have the stamp for you. They will take care of the envelope. They'll just send out the payment and then nobody splits anything. There's no fees. It all just works out. Just make sure you put which podcast you are donating to on the memo line if you can. So I know where to attribute it to. But you can also go over to Random Thoughts on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash random thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts. And if you are in the podcasting 2.0 universe, if not, you can go to newpodcastapps.com to find out what that's all about. But you can stream us some Satoshis and you can even send us boostograms with little messages. Any way that you can find to help send some value back to us is very much appreciated. And coming in today as our loan executive producer, Blackbeard, over from No Agenda Social, comes in with 10 bucks and a note that says, enjoyed your post-election day coverage. And I thank you, Blackbeard, for donating to the show, for listening, for giving me your time. I know there is a lot of shows people can listen to. And the post-election coverage I thought was kind of interesting because it was one of the shorter notes that I had ready for a show, and then I bloviated quite a bit. And I'm glad that some people found that to be worthy of value, as Blackbeard did here. Then sending us $10 in value back. This is how the system works. It is a beautiful thing. Thanks to Adam Curry and Dave Jones over at the Podcasting 2.0 Movement, along with everybody else who's doing the coding and coming up with new features to move podcasting further and further. I am looking forward to see what else they come up with. But with all of that said, I want to thank everybody for giving me your time, listening to the show, telling a friend, do a review, whatever you can do to push this little show. You are the marketing staff for the show. So I appreciate that. And I thank you. And with that said, I will be back next week on Wednesday or thereabouts for another edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. 